Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We are now at the end of Job chapter 21, looking at verses 27 through 34, and this time I'm using the easy to read version. Job is still speaking, he's very unhappy, and he's answering his friend Zophar. It reads, But I know what you're thinking, and I know you want to hurt me. You might say, show me a good man's house. Now, show me where evil people live. Surely you have talked with travelers. Surely you will accept their stories. Evil people are spared when disaster comes. They survive when God shows his anger. No one criticizes them to their faces for how they lived. No one punishes them for the evil they have done. When they are carried to the grave, they will have someone to watch over the place they are buried. So even the soil in the valley will be pleasant for them. And thousands of people will join their funeral procession. So your empty words are no comfort to me. There is no truth at all in your answers. Again, this is Job chapter 21, verses 27 through 34 in the easy to read version. And this is Job's seventh speech, a response to Zophar. I'll be back with insights and we'll close with prayer. Hi, this is Hope Scotts. I am your host of Five Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thanks for listening. If you subscribe and follow, you'll know whenever a new episode drops. Also, why don't you drop me a line and let me know what you think of my podcast. Please follow and like Five Minutes in the Word on Twitter and Facebook. Again, we're at the end of Job chapter 21, looking at verses 27 through 34 in the easy to read translation or the easy to read version. And Job is challenging the empty words of his friends. They've come to comfort him, but he said that they have offered him no comfort and that the, they have um, the words that they've given are empty and they are no comfort to him. He opposes their opinions, and these are opinions which they seem to adhere to. The opinion that the wicked are sure to fall into not just visible, but remarkable ruin, just as Job has now fallen. And, and it happens to nobody but the wicked, according to what they believe. Uh, according to their beliefs, they condemn Job as a wicked man. And Job says, I know your thoughts. I know you will not agree with me, for your judgments are pompous, pompous and biased, and your indignation and prejudices against me indicates that you're not ever going to believe anything that I have to say, and you will not believe that I have done nothing to cause this, um, this calamity to befall me. They have, uh, have decided that Job is wicked. Or even if he's not, his children must be, because they've all died. Job anticipated that his friends would ask him for specific examples of wicked 
of the wicked prospering. And uh, he's like, he's reading their mind. It's like they're going to ask or they're thinking, uh, Job, where is your house or the house of your eldest son in which your children were feasting? And they're inquiring. Uh, they're inquiring even in their hearts and in their mind. They're inquiring into the circumstances of Job's house and family. And it kind of insinuates that they were uh, dwelling in the place of, of wickedness. So that's why all of this stuff has happened to them. As they uh, compare them together, they see that Job's house is in the same predicament as the house of tyrants and oppressors. So therefore, to their biased, pompous conclusion, Job, you're doubtless, doubtless one of them. Job uh, may be saying that anyone who travels can provide examples of the wicked prospering. And, you know, we've seen that even in our time. He may um, also be questioning the scope of his friends' wisdom or experience. They should have at least heard of examples, even if they had not yet observed it. And I'm reading that from the commentary. And as we think about it, you know, we've seen examples of the of wicked uh, prospering, but we've seen much, many more examples of godly people prospering. Look at Abraham. Uh, Job asserts that the wicked are honored even in death. They receive a proper burial and are celebrated by many. Contra and that's in contrast to Bildad's claim that the wicked are forgotten. And you know, just from history, the wicked are never forgotten. And Job is true that the wicked are sometimes honored, even in death. They get the proper burial, you know, everybody, because they're still somebody's child when you think about it, whether they're good or bad. So they're going to get the proper burial. The comfort of Job's friends was useless and unhelpful. So it could be understood as senseless or absurd. And not only that, their comfort was useless and it was false. And one of the commentaries, and I didn't write it down, but let me open it, says that Job, um, in this last discourse, in this discourse that we're reading now, it could be called Job's triumph over the uh, insinuated um, false doctrines of his friends. So, and it says that we find no more murmurings or unsanctified complainings by Job. And let's, um, as we go through, as we continue going through the book of Job, let's um, thank God again that he allows us to come to him boldly. We can approach his throne boldly with our thoughts, not complaining, not whining, not murmuring, but boldly and not, you know, um, accusing or anything like that, but respectfully with awe and respect before Almighty God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word through the book of Job. We pray for those who have friends, like Job's friends, who aren't really. Um, they have empty words that don't comfort. We pray that you send the comfort to their hearts that they need. God, we thank you for friends who are friends in time of need. Because um, 
We know that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray again for those who need you in special ways. So many needs, so many um, so many um, things that people are praying for. God, we know that you're omniscient. We know you're omnipotent. We know you're omnipresent. You know, we know that we don't have to pack you around in a pocket. We don't have to put you on a shelf and go bow before you. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you that we can just go into our secret closet and talk to you, just as I'm talking to you right now. And God, we thank you in advance for answered prayers. You know the things that's on my heart. You know the things that's on many other people's hearts. And we thank you in advance for answered prayers. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for spending time in God's word with me. Be blessed.